time for the play-in tournament. When you get into the playoffs, everybody's 0-0. The records go away. Um, and I think that's how we kind of approached it last year. And if we have the same mindset, anything can happen. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. The regular season is finally over. The Hawks finished 43 and 39, and now we look forward to the planned tournament to determine the number seven and number eight seed for the Eastern Conference. Uh, Full disclosure, y'all, I literally just got off a plane, well, I guess about an hour ago, just got off a plane from Houston. Running on fumes a little bit today, but that's okay because it's an exciting time of the season. Uh, The Hawks are going to be the number nine seed. And they're going to play the number 10 seed, Charlotte Hornets. So I'll actually host them. Um, and we'll talk more about this. But since they are nine, they're going to have to win two games in order to advance. So not ideal there, but they do at least get a home game. So we'll, we'll break all that down. We'll talk about the game against the Rockets a tad bit, although... Most of the drama was about where the Hawks would land as far as seeding, as, as in addition to all those other planned teams. Um, we'll talk about just evaluating this regular season, talk about some, some fun Trey Young stats, um, and of course, we'll look forward to that game against the Hornets on Wednesday. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. Ocean Breeze, Tropical Beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A quick reminder that if you're listening to us for the first time, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. All righty, let's just get into first. Let's touch on that game against the Rockets. Again, we don't have to talk about it all night long uh, or all morning long, I suppose, is probably when you're listening to this. Um, not Not the most significant game other than, of course, it was the final game of the regular season for the Hawks. Um, this was not exactly a great defensive game for Atlanta. Um, they didn't exactly need it to be again, going against, going against the Rockets who are in the Western conference basement. They've got some, some young, fun guys who I think are going to be good in the league and who, you know, I think that'll be a, a fun team in, in years to come. Um, but for now, not a team a team that has been, you know, eliminated from playoff play and contention for a while now. Um, but the Hawks offense did what it does best. Um, all five score or all five starters in double digit scoring, I should say. Um, Trey Young, 28 points, 11 assists. Danilo Gallinari, 26 points. He's actually six for eight from three. Um, Clint Capella, 18 points, 13 rebounds. That's his first trip back to Houston uh, playing. 
since he had been traded from from Houston to Atlanta. Uh, Kevin Herter, 11 points. DeAndre Hunter, a nice little game with 22 points, and he was actually 4 for 4 from 3. The Hawks set a new season high in 3-point percentage at 55.3. So the Hawks did what they needed to do to win that game. It got down to 7 toward the front end of the fourth quarter, but then the Hawks were just shooting too well. They were just shooting too well, and they ended up pulling away. Um, so, again, not a perfect game from Atlanta. Jalen Green actually had 41 for Houston. Um, so, you know, he at times got away from the Hawks a little bit, but they did what they needed to do to to get that win. Um, really, what was happening more throughout that game was, like, scoreboard watching because, again, that game against against Houston, which, by the way, very nice warm weather in Houston. Pretty windy, so sort of took the edge off the 80-degree heat. Um, and then I come back home, and it's chilly. So I guess y'all have been y'all have been chilly for a few days while I've been in Miami and Houston. But yeah, uh, more so what was happening during that game was a whole lot of scoreboard watching for obvious reasons. Um, because these four teams that are Eastern Conference play in tournament bound and have been locked in for a while now they're so close in seating they're so close the, the race was so close that it actually came down to literally the final game of the regular season but the way it ended up shaking out is that the nets sort of edged the pacers who are starting to get a few guys back the pacers have been completely devastated by injuries this season Anyway, so the Nets edge the Pacers, and the Nets are going to be the seventh seed. And the Hawks sort of needed that to happen. Um, So everyone was sort of a Brooklyn fan for for a few minutes there. Um, The Hornets beat the Wizards, but they're still going to end up 10th behind the Hawks. Obviously, Hawks beat the Rockets, and they're at ninth. And then the Cavs ended up playing. At first, it looked like, so had the Bucks not completely rested almost the entire team, we might be in a different situation here, but the Bucks decided to rest almost everybody. Drew Holiday played a few minutes, I think, because he had a contract incentive thing. Um, but the Cavs are starting to get a little healthier at obviously a right time. At obviously the right time, although Jared Allen is still out, um, and the Cavs were able to to beat the the Bucks roster. <laughs> what was left of the Bucks roster? Let's just say that. Um, and so because that happens, you got Nets at seven, Cavs at eight. So they're going to play Tuesday, that seven, eight game. And the benefit to that seven, eight game is if you win, you're in. If you lose, you get a whole nother try. Um, if you lose, you get a whole nother try because you get to play the winner of nine, 10. So this is where the Hawks come in, obviously, at nine. So the Hawks are going to host the... Hornets Wednesday. I I should point out the Hawks have been playing very well at home. They won 11 of 12 of their last home games of their last 12 home games. I should say Um, if you're the Hawks, I mean, you don't want to be in that nine, 10 boat. I mean, if you're the Hawks, obviously you'd rather be way higher um, and, and came into the season with higher expectations, which we'll get to soon, but still you at least get that game at home. And Gordon Hayward is going to be out for the Hornets. So there is that too. Um, So they'll host the Hornets Wednesday. And then after that, the winner of that game, Hawks-Hornets, you play the loser of Nets-Cavs. So you have another 
kind of you have another barrier to actually becoming the eighth seed. Um, but that's where they are, and that's what they've got to do. So anyway, uh, Sunday's game was a lot of scoreboard watching, but the Hawks, I mean, they still did need to get the win. I, I should say that. <laughs> they still did actually need to win the game, but they did that. So that's where they stand right now. Probably not where a lot of people thought they would be, including me. And as we take a look back at this season as, and sort of as we evaluate this season, before I give my opinion, I'm going to let Nate McMillan give his. You know, what is pretty much what I said to our guys, uh, you know, the, this feeling of what we are going through right now uh, is not the feeling I expect next season. And, uh, you know, uh, fighting for our lives for a playoff position, a play-in position. And, um, you know, so taking care of business, having that mindset from the start of the season is really important because every game does matter, uh, whether it's your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or if it's 79, 80, 81, 82. Uh, they all are important games. And, um, you know, so just take a moment to think about where we are right now and, you uh, was able to get ourselves to this position where we are uh, in the play-in uh, tournament. Uh, but, you know, next year we, we, we don't want to experience this. And, you know, I'm glad Nate McMillan acknowledged that this is not where the Hawks want to be. Because sometimes, sometimes for whatever reason, teams are, are not big on that because, well, you are where you are, why maybe debate or pontificate or whatever. However, I mean, it's hard to deny that this is a disappointment in a way. Now, obviously, the Hawks still have more basketball to play. I mean, they could, you know, they could dominate in the play-in tournament and go on a run for all we know. So who knows? And I'm going to hold off on uh, talking about that until probably the the actual season, the postseason is over. But it, just in terms of seeding and where the Hawks where the Hawks are at number nine. I mean, if you think about before the play-in tournament was a thing, your season would be over, you know, top eight teams go to the playoffs and and you'd be done. Um, especially given that the Hawks coming into the season, we're talking about, you know, potentially getting home court advantage in the playoffs. You know, they were a five last year and then they went on that amazing run, beating the Knicks, knocking off the number one seed Sixers, uh, winning two games against the Bucks, eventual champions and the conference finals. Setting expectations so high that, you know, the, the expectations were very, very high, you know, and you're not going to go to the conference finals every single year. Obviously, even good teams don't do that. Sometimes things get in the way. Um, and I, I mean, yes, the Hawks did have sort of a lost month from about mid-December to mid-January when COVID ravaged the team. Um, but they were having some defensive problems long before that. And then after that, you know, things stabilized, you know, toward the end of January. And they were still, uh, after that, really struggling against sub-500 teams. And we've talked about that on this podcast a lot, how the Hawks will get up for big games against, like, let's say a Phoenix, let's say a Memphis, and then, you know, struggle and then, you know, lose to the Spurs. Um, And some of it, I think, has been out of the Hawks' hands a, a little bit, 
Um, and Trey Young is going to sort of address this point, and we're going to play him in just a second. But I think there's also some things that have just, you know, fallen on their shoulders. Um, so here's Trey talking about evaluating the season as well. It's been, a, I mean, I would say a difficult year, just a different year. I think we had expectations, of course, of being higher in the standings. But uh, if you look at the East and how close it is and how deep the the standings are, I mean, we had a better record ending the year this year than we did last year. And we were a fifth seed, tied for four. So it's, uh, I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. I mean, we had a better record this year and, and we had some things that we still feel like we could have been better at. So, I mean, it's it's a, a good thing that we ended it better the way we did, but um, obviously we don't want to be fighting for the playing game, but the East is really tough this year. So last year, the Hawks were 41 and 31, and it was a, a 72 game season, not 82. So that's a um, a 56.9 win percentage. They were tied with the Knicks, but obviously lost that tiebreaker and to fall to the fifth seed because the Knicks had swept them in the regular season. So that's what they were last season. This season, they're 43 and 39, but obviously it's an 82-game season, so that's a 52.4 win percentage. And he is definitely right, though, that the that the East is very stacked and competitive and it has been, even though last year everything was weird with COVID, too. I mean, obviously, this season has been – it carried over into this season. Um, you know, again, back to the, the lost month um, uh, when everything – when COVID was just – kind of ran through the roster and stuff like that. So, anyway, I think I think both of those points and both of those perspectives are definitely valid. Um, speaking of Trey Young, though – I do need to to bring up a few things about him. Um, Trey Young squeaked in quite a few notable achievements uh, right in in the nick of time here, um, right in right in game eighty two. Um, so Trey Young set the franchise record for most three pointers in a single season in franchise history, and that's with two hundred and thirty two. That was his third three pointer of the game that he got to two hundred and thirty two. So that's surpassing Mookie Blaylock, who had 231 in the 1995-96 season. Wow, I was one or two, um, but yeah. So that's that's um, that is a new a new franchise record there for Trey Young. And the other thing is he has become only the second player in NBA history to lead the league in both total points. 2,155, and total assists, 737 in the same season. That's joining Nate Archibald, a.k.a. Tiny, 1972-73. to Um, So anyway, some very cool, very cool stats for Trey. Um, Trey did his thing all season long. Um, Still doesn't really want to talk about all NBA stuff. I think he's just deciding he doesn't really want to want to comment on that until after the season is over. Um, or after, you know, after the entire season is over, not just regular season. But yeah, definitely sent some great stats for Trey there. I knew what I was capable of, of doing when I got up here. And, I mean, leading the league in points and assists is one thing I thought of, but I knew I could could make a, a challenge for it. But I just, I wanted to play the right way and play my style of the game. And uh, thankfully, I've been able to do that here. And it's, uh, it's uh, turned out to be something like this. So it's pretty cool. 
So a pretty calm, pretty calm um, response from Trey there to a, a big accomplishment, but it's not really the first time he's done, you know, something like that. I mean, I'm sure it's a, a very cool thing for him, but obviously he led the nation in um, scoring in assists uh, in college. Um, and obviously the stat I just read, that's, you know, total points and total assists, but still, still a very, very cool thing um, for Trey to do this season. So coming up, we'll talk more about the matchup with the Hornets. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. Okay, so real quick, let's flash forward to Wednesday's game against the Hornets, which is obviously win or go home. So a lot riding on this game. Gordon Hayward will miss this game for the Hornets out injured. Um, Charlotte is an interesting matchup for the Hawks. Obviously a bunch of guys who can handle the ball. And here's Nate McMillan talking about the benefit of getting this game at home. Well, you know, we, we, we get a home game. You know, it doesn't guarantee anything, but we've been pretty good at home. And, uh, you know, we know where the stand is, where, where we stand now and uh, the position we're in. So now it's about preparing and focusing on Charlotte. And Nate also spoke about the matchup overall with Charlotte. They are fast. Uh, they are fast. They have, uh, uh, they go up, they get up and down. Uh, they have a lot of guys that can create offense. Um, you know, um, you know, so they are a team that could put up a lot of points, uh, put a lot of points on the board and, uh, multiple ball handlers, uh, you know, one through five will be handling, uh, the basketball for them. And they are always on an attack mode, you know, defensively, uh, they play multiple defense. They change their defenses from boxing one to zone to man full court press. So they want to speed up the game. They want to play a a fast tempo style of game. And uh, we're going to have to control uh, the tempo and not that we're going to slow it down or anything like that, but uh, we have to control the tempo. And I think that starts with us, you know, really playing well on the offensive end of the floor. In the regular season, this regular season series between these two teams is 2-2, although I will say the last time they played is probably a game that stands out to you guys. That was the 116-106 to loss for the Hawks March 16th, and that was when the game was tied with just a few minutes to go, and then the Hawks sort of crumbled down the stretch, and the game got ugly really fast. 
So that, and I'm not saying that this game is going to be a, a repeat of that at, at all. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I'm just just pointing that out to say that this is one where the Hawks are definitely going to have to be to use one of Nate McMillan's favorite <laughs> favorite catchphrases. Locked in for 48 minutes. I think he'd be proud if he's a Hawks report listener. I think he's proud of me. Uh, the Hawks have been without John Collins for a while now, and. When we get to the mailbag segment, which we are not there yet, but when we get to the mailbag segment, if I wanted to, I could ask about 40, or I could answer about 40 separate questions about John Collins and if he will be available in the play-in tournament and or just postseason. Unfortunately, I'm not going to make you guys sit there and listen to me do that 40 different ways. I'm not going to let poor producer Jay have to <laughs> listen to me uh, try to do that. But I know that's one of the things that um, people are most curious about. Unfortunately, I just don't know when he is going to be available, if or when he is going to be available to play. Um, the most I have seen John Collins do at the time I am recording this, which is Sunday about midnight-ish, um, the most I have been told and or seen him do is some light shooting. He's been getting some shots up, but it's a little bit, a little bit gingerly. And then he's been doing full court running. Um, but I have not seen him do anything with contact. That has not even been a word that has been thrown out there. Obviously, that's something that you would have to clear before you can actually play in a straight up game. And I do not know that there's even a timeline for that yet. So obviously, obviously, if you're the Hawks, I, I mean, yes, they went on that five game win streak toward the end of the season um, without John, but you would much rather have John Collins than not have John Collins when it comes to rebounding, when it comes to scoring defensively too. I'm not saying John's, you know, defensive player of the year, but defensively that does help you. So I wish I had more information on that, but, and I know that's a, I'm answering part of that now because I know that is such a big question on everybody's mind and I wanted to kind of tackle it. Um, I don't know if he's going to be available to play in the postseason at all. I would say it is a gigantic long shot that he would be ready by Wednesday, um, but if I, as soon as I know, y'all will know. Um, so there is that that I wanted to get out of the way. Um, Charlotte's tricky. A lot of guys who can handle the ball. A lot of guys who can space the floor. A lot of guys who can shoot. Um, they're a good three-point shooting team, although obviously so are the Hawks. Um, the Hawks are actually, uh, percentage-wise, second in the league in three-point percentage. That's behind only the Miami Heat. Um, the Hawks are at 37.4%. Charlotte's a little bit further down, number six at 36.5%. But I mean, that difference, you know, they're both excellent three-point shooting teams. I think this is going to be a really fun game for what it's worth. Um, obviously, since I'm not a Hawks fan, I'm not going to go into it with as much nerves as y'all are probably. So I totally get that. Um, if any of y'all were there for, and I know this is the play-in, it's not really the playoffs, but if, if any of y'all were there for any of the games last season, home games on that playoff run, I will say that really was very, very special and exciting to cover. 
that was really, really, the environment was just awesome. So it's been a long season, but I'm definitely really excited to cover some some postseason basketball. And I know y'all are really excited uh, to see some fun postseason basketball. So let's move on to the mailbag segment. I'm going to bring in producer Jay and we're going to play some exciting music for you. <laughs> we need to get a pl- it's exciting playoff. and dramatic. We need to get our playoff uh, theme going next week, if there is one. Playoff theme? Mm. Yeah, for the mailbag music. So Travis Hancock asked, what's the status of Collins and likelihood he will play? Just kidding. Okay, so I touched on that a little bit before. No, I li- just, Listen, just y'all, kidding. I swear. Just, <laughs> like, this just is kidding. The ent- just kidding. <laughs> this, is, this is the entire thing. Every single person is asking me about John, and I wish I had an answer. I really do. I don't blame you guys for asking. Well, uh, like like I said, as soon as I know, as soon as I have an update, um, follow me on Twitter at Sarah underscore K underscore Spence, y'all, if you don't already follow. <laughs> as soon as I know it, I will put it out there and you guys will know it. Um, for now, though, I will say I think Hawks fans should probably kind of – you should probably kind of have the outlook that John won't be able to play – and then, you know, if something crazy happens at some point, then, hey, it's it's awesome that he, he gets to come back and play. But I don't know if right now, I don't know if the data is necessarily pointing to him being able to play, at least not, you know, when it comes to Wednesday. I mean, we'll see. I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not the team, you know, ruling him out. I'm just saying my opinion is that it doesn't seem to be trending that direction fast enough. All right. Next up, Michael Jett, not asking about John Collins. We're just going to act like the Hawks didn't play like, can we say this word? Crap for 60% of the season and get hype for a, uh, quotation marks, play-in tournament. My question is this. How are we supposed to get excited about a play-in game when the season has been disappointing as it has been? Well, I guess you don't have to get excited. (laughs) No, we're not making you. Yeah, yeah, you don't like you don't have to. You don't. I mean, technically, you don't even really have to watch. I mean, you don't. You don't. You don't have to. Um, you do have to read what's in the AJC and and listen to this podcast. Well, like yeah, I mean, you have to follow the law. Yeah, which is to read the AJC. Um, but no, you don't. I mean, you don't have to get excited if you don't want. I'm excited because I love postseason basketball. Um, so I know it's I know it's not the playoffs quite yet. Um, I like the play-in tournament. I don't necessarily think that if, like, let's say there's a 10 seed that is, I mean, in the West is kind of looking at that. Like, I, I don't think that if you have a team that's kind of squeaking into the play-in tournament that is, you know, 10, 11, 15 games behind the seven, you know, I'm not talking about the one, I'm talking about literally the seven, or you know eight or nine. Like I think I think if the if there's that much of a disparity, I don't. I think maybe there should be a rule of like the play-in tournaments only triggered if you're within X amount of games. Um, but because I think you have to kind of earn the right to keep your season going. But I like the play-in tournament in general, even if I think maybe one or two things should be tweaked there. Um, so I'm excited because I like the environment of postseason basketball. I, I, postseason basketball, I just like. I like that in general, but no, you do. I'm not mandating anybody get pumped about it. Um, I think that if you're talking about the Hawks not getting up for big games, I think that's completely fair criticism. This is not one of those times. 
this is a big game. <laughs> this is the biggest game. So they should be able to get up for this game um, for sure. Now, I mean, they you know, they just shot the lights out of the ball um, against Houston. I'm not saying Houston has the second worst defensive rating of the league. I'm not saying that's um, I'm not saying it's the, the most impressive thing in the world to do that against Houston. But I think the Hawks play fun, and I uh, obviously they do get up for big games as we as we've talked about. Um, not getting up for up for the smaller ones that is an issue. But this is not one of those times. Um, so I mean, I expect this to be a fun and intense game, but you don't have to be excited about it. You do have to read the AJC, though. You do have to read my story after the and game. listen and listen to the podcast. That's all. That's yes. all you're required to do. Yes. Uh, next up, uh, Houston Barber. Will Lou get minutes in the playoffs, or his minutes going to DeLon now? Yeah. Um, so Lou has missed a few games lately. Um, he's had some low back discomfort, so he's actually been on and off the injury report lately. And in addition to that, he has not been playing much. Um, DeLon Wright, for the record, I think has been playing great. He's closed a few great games great. And I think the Hawks... I am on record, actually, before uh, for a, a little while back saying the Hawks could use more DeLon Wright because the Hawks have a ton of guys who can shoot like crazy and who are just offensive, you know, wizards, you know, uh, beginning and starting with Trey Young, obviously. Um, so what you really need is more of that sort of solid defense, get a steal on the inbounds, you know, past a little little things like that. I would probably expect, and, you know, Nate, I, I think you can tell Nate goes with the guys he trusts defensively. Now, if Lou is shooting well, if shots are falling for Lou, then there's that. Um, but when that when shots aren't falling for Lou, he's not giving you much else at this point. And that's not to knock Lou, who's obviously had an amazing career. Um, so I think at this point, as far as what the Hawks need, I think it's more DeLon Wright. I think you're seeing that. And my guess would be you'll see that continue in the postseason. And I think, is that all our questions? Or wait, that, that do we have, it. what about the 39 other John Collins questions? I'm just kidding. That, that is oh, it. That is all I have to say. No more John Collins questions. Actually, look, you can send them my way all day long. I don't mind. I just wish I had more answers for y'all. And as soon as I do, I will give them to you. Um, but that's all we got for today, you guys. Um, thank you so much for listening to today's episode and stay tuned with us all throughout the play in tournament. Um, we will bring you guys some episodes that I really think you guys are going to enjoy. And yeah, I'm just excited. Regular season. I can't believe the regular season is over, but, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. And we will see you later this week on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.